my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me a hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! Attention not-for-profit groups. Are you looking for a unique way to raise money? Stride Pro Wrestling fundraisers are always a hit. Since 2016, we've helped sports teams, schools, and civic groups raise thousands of dollars. Contact us to the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page to discuss the options. Hey friends, welcome to episode 395 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast. This week it's going to be a wrestling under the influence, and I'll get to that in just a few minutes. But first, want to remind you of Stride Pro Wrestling, Scars and Stripes, the next show coming up on Saturday, July 9th. We hope that you are able to join us and attend in Carterville, Illinois. Now, we had a show over the weekend on Saturday night, uh, The Forgotten. It was a great show, a lot of action, a lot of story development happening. I encourage you, if you have the opportunity to attend a show live and in person, that's always better. But check out the Stride Pro Wrestling YouTube channel, Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, and stay up to date. And, you know, f- full disclosure, as I'm recording this on Sunday afternoon, um, I'm headed to uh, a pool party, and then my plan is to probably Sunday night or Monday, sometime this week, get the show, The Forgotten, edited and put up onto the YouTube channel. Um, and then uh, we'll start promoting, of course, uh, Scars and Stripes, which is happening again on Saturday, July 9th in Carterville, Illinois, and it's always a fun night, and I've gotten a look at the card, and it's, it's going to be a great show. I'm, I'm excited uh, for the summer and what uh, is in store for Stride Pro Wrestling over the next several weeks and months. So again, support that independent wrestling. No matter where you're listening from, find a company and get out there and support it. And now that everybody, or, or seemingly everybody that has a wrestling company is online with it, go support their social media and their YouTube channel and whatever... Uh, else the case may be, um, and really lend that uh, support to the men and women who are putting their bodies on the line for our entertainment value. So uh, again, I appreciate everyone that has supported and does continue to support not just Stride Pro Wrestling, but my one, two, three cents as well. So uh, again, in the case of full disclosure, I'm trying to do a video slash recording, audio recording podcast for this week's episode. Um, As I create content for more than just the podcast, you know, obviously uh, Instagram, TikTok are video driven. So I'm going to attempt to do this and and still make it sound good uh, for everyone who is listening uh, via the podcast. So this week, uh, I have a beer called 
Four Giants and the Haze of Destiny. And this is an Imperial Hazy IPA, and it is from Founders Brewing. And um, let's see here. I got to put my glasses on so I can read the rest of this can. It is a one pint can. I picked this up at the um, beer saw shop in the St. Louis area. And I really love visiting the beer saw shop. They have uh, individual cans and bottles of beer, which to me is very good for anyone that is into the craft beer scene where you don't have to buy or commit to a six pack or even a four pack. Um, you can buy one or two at a time and try them and see what works best for you and, and your taste. So uh, again, I, I can't put over the beer saw shop enough. This one uh, that I visit is in Sunset Hills, Missouri, which is not too far from where my parents live. Uh, but this is an in Imperial Hazy Indian Pale Ale, an IPA. Um, and you know, a lot of times we talk about IPAs and I've talked about this on the show before, IPAs tend to be hoppier, uh, a bit more bitter. They typically are measured also with an IBU, an, an uh, International Bitterness Unit. I believe that's the abbreviation for IBU. And I don't see the um, oh, 50 IBU on this one. So that, that's not terrible. That, that should actually not be an a, a overly bitter beer. And uh, this does have 8.4% alcohol by volume. So... I'm gonna crack this bad boy open. And Founders, I'm trying to see too. Um, I'm not sure where. Uh, you can go to founders.com though and, and read up on that. Uh, they are based out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. So cheers to Founders, cheers to uh, the Hazy IPAs. And let's go ahead and give this one a pour. Coming out very good golden and of course with an IPA and I know y'all can't see this part of the show but I encourage you to check out uh, the my one two three cents uh, probably Instagram will I'll put a story up or a, a reel up and also of course on the uh, on my personal TikTok is where this is definitely going to go um, it's got a haze to it which is good for an IPA uh, it's something that you would expect out of an IPA so, um, I'm going to, and you know, since I, I, I'm by myself and I don't want to just leave dead silence and, and awkward pauses of me drinking this, I'm going to go ahead and uh, grab this beer and give it a, a couple of sips here as we talk a little bit more about the world of professional wrestling. Ooh, that's really good. It's, you know, I, I mentioned the IBUs and, and the International Bitterness Unit. Um, and it's just at a 50, which a lot of IPAs are 70s and 80s. Um, but this, at a 50, it's not bad. It's not uh, overwhelming. It's not bitter. It doesn't give you that bitter beer face from the old commercials back in the day. I don't remember what beer company that was, but I was too young to be consuming alcohol back then. But this has that nice finish to it that you would hope you would get with uh, with any kind of beer. But really, um, I'm looking to see here on the can, a lot of times they'll put, you know, kind of what they mix in with it. And again, this is Four Giants in the Haze of Destiny. Um, 
doesn't say, but it's it's got a, a, a bit of a citrusy feel to it, or at least I think it does, um, but not overwhelming. Again, and it's not uh, not something that you'll be bitter about. And since you know this is wrestling under the influence, and I always try to incorporate uh, the wrestling element to what I'm talking about. I'm going to also include uh, in this week's discussion, um, you know, we're talking about four giants here, so I've got to talk about some wrestling giants, and I'm not going to necessarily say that these are my favorites or least favorites. I I feel like, you know, in wrestling, like with a lot of things, um, especially back in the day, you know, when I was a kid, I think it was easier to do this because we were consuming a lot less wrestling and it wasn't uh this expectation of 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 seeing everyone at all times whether it's uh you know in person or or on tv or or via social media you know now that everybody like i said earlier you know the stride pro wrestling channel is is up and running as well there's a youtube channel for stride um so we we miss out on those attractions and i think that Giants have been or were at least at one time considered an attraction. You know, Andre the Giant, who I think is my all-time favorite in the world of Giants in in terms of wrestling. And it's always interesting, and I'd be curious to hear what you guys think as well when it comes to defining what a Giant or who a Giant in wrestling is. You know, with size, I tend to think anyone over like seven foot could be billed as as a giant um and so therefore obviously andre who was always billed at seven foot four uh, just a different breed of of wrestler and entertainer and, and and personality in wrestling and i think that and i probably talked about this before but i i don't know if i've talked about it publicly or not um you know i i don't feel like when andre was around that i appreciated him as much uh, as i do now um, you know, having watched the the documentary on Andre on HBO, and and just having those years now of fandom and and being able to look back on him and and appreciate what he did and and his size, you know, the mere size. And this was back before, you know, wrestlers were able to get buses or or have personal transportation get them from town to town. And Andre was cramming himself into airplanes and, and flying around the world. Um, and again, I think that that's where that attraction side of it, um, you know, uh, we didn't need to see Andre, uh, uh, you know, obviously it would have been great, but we didn't need to see Andre the Giant every week on Superstars or or on every episode of Saturday Night's Main Event. And, and actually probably, you know, back in the day, you know, in those early days of the WWF, you know, we were getting... Uh, it started off with one and then built up to two and eventually four pay-per-views a year. And that was adequate, I think, as far as that attraction uh, status for Andre. And, of course, he retired a few years after pay-per-view really went into full swing. And, and But I feel like we got some great memories. And, obviously, by that point, too, he was... Um, you know, in a lot of pain and, and hurting a lot. And I, and I think that's also where the appreciation comes is he was doing that for the sake of entertainment and, and keeping us fans um, tuned in and, and enjoying what he was doing. And I, you know, when, when I was younger and first started watching wrestling and before, 
he was officially with the WWF. I can remember him going to world class, for example, and teaming up with Iceman King Parsons. And you'd see him in the AWA, and then you would see him uh, in Mid-South. And he kind of bounced around a little bit. And I think that that's where, you know, that attraction, you know, he's coming to your town, to your location. He's on TV maybe once or twice. And then he's on to the next location. And then, of course, when Vince McMahon went more global and was signing guys to contracts and and keeping them a little bit more close to to his vest, um, or, you know, keeping him keeping the wrestlers, the superstars kind of tied down, you know, we were seeing Andre uh, in a different light. And, you know, I can remember Saturday night's main event, for example, you know, he's teaming up with Hulk Hogan. He's, uh, you know, becomes the giant machine or allegedly becomes the giant machine. And then, of course, the big heel turn uh, in 1987 and setting in motion to me what is still Definitely top five, maybe top three WrestleMania main events of all time with, with Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. And I know that the match had been done before previously, and you know, but really the first time on that big stage where so many eyeballs were watching it, not only in uh, the Silverdome that night, but also around the world. And and you know, uh, it was it was just something you know obviously not the the most technically sound match it wasn't the greatest match of all time but it was definitely one of those moments where you know we see that attraction and and we come to appreciate it now as we speak of other giants in wrestling because of course this beer is called four giants and um, another giant that I uh, enjoyed throughout the years is the big show who started off in WCW as the giant. And I think where WCW and this may become a little topic of, uh, you know, maybe controversial, but maybe not, I don't know, but I would love to hear other people's opinions. You know, obviously for me, the billing of, of the giant as being Andre, the giant's son, I think was, was lame. Um, especially since Andre the Giant had spent the majority of his time in the WWF and for WCW, the competition to do that, you know, it it was hokey. And I I guess I get that they were kind of going for that name recognition and that uh, hoping to get a little bit of that credibility um, of Andre being the eighth wonder of the world and, and, and that cachet of sorts. But uh, I thought it was kind of dumb, and they eventually veered away from that. Um, but I think where WCW, I don't want to say went wrong, but I feel like the booking of the Giant, and then of course when he goes to the WWF, or WWE, as the big show, it, this kind of continued with him and, and with others that we've seen it happen to, and, and they took him off his feet. And for me, Giants need to be those guys again, that attraction that they're not on every week. We don't see them. Sometimes maybe we don't see them for weeks, maybe a month at a time. Um, But they took him off his feet and, you know, he gets jackhammered by Goldberg, which I, okay, that, I'll give that one a pass because they were really kind of cashing in on Goldberg and putting all their eggs in that Goldberg basket. Whereas with, in the WWF, you know, Hulk slammed Andre, and then the Ultimate Warrior slammed Andre. I don't know that the Ultimate Warrior ever slammed Andre, though, on TV. I've seen 
videos from like house shows and stuff, but I don't know, and someone tell me if I'm wrong, I don't know that Warrior ever slammed Andre to where we all saw it on a, on a program. Um, but those two guys were arguably the two biggest or two of the biggest superstars in the WWF in the late 80s and early 90s that they were really trying to build. And Andre kind of passing the torch, so to speak. Um, so I I understand that. And, and they are two of the only guys. I think they're the only two guys that ever pinned Andre. And again, I don't know that Warrior ever pinned Andre on TV or on pay-per-view, but it was uh, on, the, on the house show loops. Um, and again, Andre was in a bad way back back at that time, and um, you know whether we agree or disagree with those two kind of being. And and I know again, kind of backtracking into the seventies and early eighties before the globalness of professional wrestling. You know, Harley Race and Kamala and Stan Hansen. I think uh, there's there's a YouTube video that shows all the guys who have body slammed Andre. So Hogan was obviously not the first, but the first really kind of recognized on that global scale. And I get it, you know, others did it and and whatnot. But to me, that's what made Andre so unique and so special was that he was protected. And with with the giant, the big show, um, I think that went away. And, you know, when we saw Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect, or I guess he was Kurt Hennig in in, uh, WCW, you know, he does the fisherman suplex on the giant. And things like that, it kind of, to me, broke the the, the mold. It broke that, uh, you know, I, I want to believe that these guys are, are you're not going to get them off their feet unless they're caught in a, in a real compromising position, so to speak. Where, you know, with Warrior slamming Andre and with Hogan slamming Andre... It made more sense. And Goldberg, you know, building him up to be that superstar. By that point, Kurt Hennig was past, in my opinion, again, past his prime. And the Giant was still up and coming and growing and developing. And so to me, that didn't do anything to help Kurt Hennig, who probably retired within a year or two, uh, you know, from full-time competition at least, uh, of that that uh, that uh, fisherman suplex happening. So that's where I get a little kind of, uh, you know, keep the Giants original and fresh and big and, and kind of show-stealing, so to speak. The Giant Gonzalez, and I know as El Gigante in, in WCW, a lot of criticism, um, and even in WWF as Giant Gonzalez. And no, he was not the best by any means, and, and um, I think, though, for the nostalgia purposes, the costume that he wore or the, you know, the attire that he wore, um, I liked, you know, in hindsight and looking back on it, and again, that nostalgia is a powerful drug. I just kind of like those memories, that, that big, giant, daunting individual. And from what I understand, too, was a, was a wonderful individual outside of the ring as far as uh, taking care of his family and, and, and whatnot. And unfortunately, you know, he has passed on and he had a variety of health issues, I think all related to, uh, his height, but I think he was done more right as far as having that attraction of a giant, um, and that presentation both in WCW and in the WWF. Um, I don't recall, and again, could be wrong, but I don't recall him leaving his feet. Um, 
you know, he didn't obviously have the greatest matches, but he wrestled, you know, Undertaker and Sid and Ric Flair and, um, you know, some of those guys. And I don't think he was in WWF for very long uh, before he eventually retired and, you know, unfortunately, like I mentioned, passed away. But I think he's someone that deserves some flowers and deserves a little respect and, and, and showing of that. Uh, some other giants that come to mind when I think of wrestling giants, of course, the great Kali, who I never really connected with as a fan. And I, I, I think, you know, again, uh, I have my hats off to anyone that gets in the ring and does what they do. But for someone of that size where, again, it's not just getting in there and, and getting moved around and bumped around. And, you know, John Cena did that with with Kali and I'm sure. Uh, you know, Batista and The Undertaker and Big Show, and, and we, we saw those matches as well. But that, that, that again, you add that travel aspect where they are getting in there and putting their bodies, uh, you know, fighting and, and, and whatnot, and then getting in a, in a car, uh, driving cross country, or getting on a plane and driving across or flying across the world, you know. Hats off again to these these guys that that are in those situations. Kurrigan was another one I remember um, with the Truth Commission, and you know I, I talked earlier about giants. And you know Andre the Giant for many many years was this friendly, happy, happy go lucky kind of giant who uh, you know wasn't destroying people. But if you pissed him off, then he was going to take it out on you. You know um, I remember you know the feuds of course with Big John Stud. And King Kong Bundy and 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 the Heenan family and you know how Andre was you know standing up and, and fighting for what he thought was right um, and then of course he became that mean nasty giant and and choking Hulk Hogan and Hacksaw Duggan and Jake the Snake and you know all those guys too so Andre was one that you know he could go back and forth and I think that being that lucky happy go guy worked for him and the same with the big show i think you know they joke about how many times he has gone heel and, and baby and uh you know i i think that it works in certain situations and i think kurgan is another one of those i liked him in the truth commission um but i also liked him in the oddities and i thought that that worked you know him and, and giant silva another giant and golga who of course was john tenta under that mask um and luda vachon so I I just I think it kind of depends on the era and also what you as a fan are are accustomed to or or, or want. Um, and finally, uh, uh, the other giant that I wanted to talk about is someone we see now currently wrestling, and that's Omus. Um, I like how they introduced him as AJ Styles, you know, kind of his bodyguard or his second and and whatnot. Um, you know, and again, I don't think he's he's probably not going to go down as as the greatest, but um, I, I see potential there and I, I feel like, you know, he, again, he's someone that is dedicated to it and wants to do better and be, and be better with what he does. So, uh, I wish him all the best and, and, and well, as, as he is kind of a, a rookie, uh, giant in the game and, and going on, um, some other big men. And I, I, again, I, I, I kind of drew the line at giant versus big man, um, with the whole, seven foot. And I know that Kane was often billed as being seven foot. I just never viewed Kane as a giant, but one of the best big men out there. And Sid, I love Sid Vicious. Uh, you know, when he was Sid Vicious in the WCW uh, era, um, 
and you know part of the skyscrapers when he came to the WWF as Sid Justice. There has not been an incarnation or a time where I was not a fan of Sid. And I met him many years ago, back in 1999. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. Um, and he's just, and you know, he's just someone that I think had that physically intimidating look and that presence about him. And Sid was just pretty damn amazing. I thought that he was was really, you know, and I think if he would have been more focused and dedicated, uh, he'd probably uh, have an even better career than he already had. You know, he's former WCW, former WWE heavyweight champion. Um, you know, doesn't get much better than that. So Sid, I, I think, gets a lot of criticism and, and knocked around a lot, but I, I have a lot of respect for Sid. Kevin Nash is another one, and, and Tyler and I talked about this on the Valentine's episode of, of the podcast of wrestlers that we didn't like it at first and, and came to later appreciate. And Kevin Nash is certainly in that boat. And I won't go all into those details, but, you know, from Diesel, uh, you know, Oz and, 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 and Master Blaster and, and all that from beforehand to what we came to know and love as, as Diesel and, and, and Kevin Nash, another one of those big men that, uh, you know, went in there and, 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 Proved that he is is more than and just a big man. I think. Um, and finally, kind of wrapping up the discussion on the big man is is the Undertaker. I mean, how do you not put him in a category in a class almost all of his own? You know, just uh, Hall of Famer, win in this year, um, multiple World Championships, WWE Championships. Um, one of those guys that I think was that attraction as well and early on who thought that he was going to to stick around for 30 years you know in the business and and reach the heights that he reached and uh, all the accolades and all all very well deserved so again i raise this glass my stone cold steve austin glass uh, beer glass to four giants and the haze of destiny and to all the giants that we've known and loved in the world of pro wrestling Founders Brewery, you got a great one here. I'm going to get, definitely give this one a three count. It's a winner in my book. I hope that you all have a great week. Cheers, and we will talk again very soon. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.